welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. Tonight, we're talking about something that people are equally as passionate about, and that is their snake room. A safe haven where people can get away from the day-to-day bullshit and have your own and record piece a of nature. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, wait, that's yeah. just us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it seems like whenever you bring up the topic of of setting up a snake room, your inner snake nerd just goes on full freaking 120 miles an hour, man, and you're just like geeking out about whether it be caging, uh, heating, incubators, uh, even flooring, man. I mean, people freak out about like, Oh dude, my, you know, I got this special flooring and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You know, it's, it's nuts. Um, but, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, so hopefully, uh, and I personally like the fact that we're starting to do it now where companies are starting to realize what people want in the snake room or what they need to run a functioning snake room, that new thing from spider, uh, huh? the, the the link you just sent me today of things you can install. It's like if you are willing to spend, and this is something we've talked about numerous times, if you're willing to spend the money, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars on snakes and not willing to spend the same amount of money on your room, you're just setting yourself up for failure. So yeah. it's like, or maybe not failure, but you're, you might have a harder time. If you yeah. set up your room, spend money on your room, Things are going to roll so much easier. It's so much better after you oh do my it. God. Like, you know, ditch, ditch the Rankos, ditch the Dialostat, you know, get the Herbstat 4s. If you get the auto lights that turn on and off, if you get the heaters that are controlled by the spider thing, it's, it's just so much better. Yeah. So we're coming at you on a Monday night off not our usual Tuesday night, and that's because I have to pick up my wife tomorrow. I think she's listening out there, um, but uh, she's she's been away for two two weeks, I guess, in Florida. Two so, weeks, and you survived yeah. this long. Yes, wow. my house is still intact, and the dogs are still here. Dogs are still alive. <laughs> yeah. um, Dory should be proud. Yeah. <laughs> she will be very proud. Um, yeah, so she's about the only one that I'll move Morelia Python Radio around for. I can't. Even, I don't even have that power. <laughs> no. You know, nope. Uh, so, um, yeah, so that's why we're – well, probably more than more people than not will be downloading this, so they won't even know what we're talking about at this beginning section. But uh, I, I am going to be – I want to put, like – I put money on it that tomorrow – people are like, where's Morelia Python Radio? <laughs> Yeah. And like they have no idea what's happening, or they're busy and they didn't take a chance to check out all this stuff. So uh, I'd be interested to see how many people are kind of losing their uh, minds tomorrow night when we're not live or something like that. So yeah. So, so all of the people that normally join us um, on Tuesday night, here we are Monday night. Welcome. Uh, we got the chat going over. Um, a lot of people ask me, I get a lot of questions. The, the most asked question I get during the week is, what is the NPR chat and where do I find it? So basically, the NPR chat is just a Facebook message 
with about, what would you say? It's like probably 200 people at this point. Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And basically during the show, we post up pictures that we're talking about. People ask questions and then people talk to each other during the chat, um, during the week when, you know, uh, KJ's uh, finding rattlesnakes and stuff. He's posting up pictures and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. Um, so if, if you're interested in joining into the chat, all you have to do is send Owen or me a message and we will uh, add you in. That's it. It's just that simple. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then you can be on the chat and you can bug us all at all moments of time. It's really funny when something goes on, like with one of the Australia guys, it's like two in the morning and my phone's like, beep. I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah. I found exactly. this really cool carpet. I'm like, don't anybody respond. And then of course, one of the other guys from Australia starts. And I'm like, and now we have to mute the conversation. Yeah, so, exactly. It's the, it's the troubles of having a world audience. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so I thought that this would be a good topic simply because um, it's not something that you hear um all too often you know usually we're talking about snakes we're talking about the market we're talking about morphs we're talking about all these Mm -hmm. things but very rarely do we talk about the equipment side of it so i thought that uh you know it would be a would be a change and since i am in the process of setting up a, a new snake room and owen you just recently came off of setting up a snake room um still not and you're it. still tweaking it <laughs> as we go <laughs> i'm still um, not happy with it so yeah um i thought it would be a good topic so it, it appears yeah. also that we are getting a whole lot of new listeners um uh, hopefully new people to carpets and morelia and pythons and reptiles whatever you keep you know everybody's welcome but um I thought that these kind of, uh, you know, shows would help those uh, newbies out. You know what I mean? Um, share yeah, the love, I mean, so and, to speak. And, I mean, I wish I had been kind of taught of what was out there or how to set up a room proper when I first started because I think I had a room in my basement with a space heater in it, and I called it good. And I used the stats <laughs> that I could get scrounging off of Craigslist and on shows and then – Finally, somebody told me, like, oh, no, these are the stats you want, not these, and it all made perfect sense. So, and it was, I think my first upgrade in the snake room was buying some racks, buying some new Herbstat 4s, and then I spent about ten grand on heat panels, cages, and Herbstats, and that's what runs the room. So Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> I remember when yeah. you did that huge upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh that was pretty exciting. Um it was. So we're gonna be approaching this from the standpoint of um obviously keeping pythons. Um yeah. we're approaching it from the idea that you're gonna breed them. Uh and that kind of makes a difference in my opinion. So I think well, the most imp- go ahead. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, if we're, because that's what we, that's what you normally set up a snake room for. I really hate to break it to everybody. If you have a few that are pets, you're not setting up a whole room for them. You're giving them an enclosure or an aquarium or a corner of a room. You don't ever really set up a snake room unless you're moving into the whole breeding aspect, because that's when you need a room. Yeah, and 
And so. you don't necessarily have to have a room to be successful breeding snakes, but I think it definitely uh, gives you an it advantage um, that yeah. you wouldn't have as far as just manipulating temperatures and and light cycles and all these different kind of things. Because let's face it, if you're going to be sitting on your couch with your wife or your girlfriend or whatever it would be, boy, whatever, um, you don't want the place to be 85 degrees. <laughs> you know what it I mean? Or, <laughs> well, and then there's also something to take into effect when it comes to other species that are a little more high strung. You know, right. uh, if, if my white lips, if I, if my white lips were in a high traffic area, they'd lose their goddamn minds because they would right. just be constant going back and forth and getting all pissed off. So the fact that they're in a room that I'm very rarely in, um, I mean, I'm in here for cleaning, but I'm not like wandering in. So, you know, right. So I think, I think the very first thing that you should think about, in my opinion, is what are you going to be keeping? Um, yeah. I think often people, you know, fall into this thing where they're getting these, you know, uh, I gotta, I'm going to have some of these and some of this, and I call it Noah's Ark syndrome. We've all had it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all suffer from it at some point. Um, but I think the reason I bring that up, and this would just be uh, strictly speaking carpet pythons, uh, if you're going to have carpet pythons, it seems to me that when you look at people that breed diamond pythons, usually the people that breed diamond pythons typically, not always, but typically are really just focused in on diamond pythons. Um, because now, now how much is that is because the diamond python compared to others, like remember how we always used to talk that if I could go back in time, I'd have nothing but yeah. diamonds, inlands, and red light. That's Okay. So right. the diamond pythons are people are really concerned about stuff, that, and there's not a lot of other. There are other things that can kind of take what the diamond python can take, but you kind of run into risk with certain other types of animals. You know. Well, yeah, you so, just take carpet pythons, and you look at if you were to put an IJ in the conditions of what you would put a diamond python in. Eh, I'll do that right but, now if it'll breathe. <laughs> <I would. laughs> I'll freeze those bastards. I think, well, just look at the difference between, uh, you know, West Papua and, uh, you know, uh, Sydney, Australia. I mean, West Papua pretty much is just, uh, you know, very little fluctuation in temperature. Um, you know, not really uh, a whole lot going on as, 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 except for rain. Um, you know, and you look at like where a diamond python's from, you know, it's the southernmost ranging python of the in the world. Um, they're seeing cold temperatures, and that's why they look the way they look and, you know, why they're more of a so, basking animal. Exactly. I mean, but basically, so I, I know Andrew keeps all his monitors, and they, he kept at a very, very hot temperature, and they bask at like 100-something. So it would be very stupid of him to have diamond pythons in his monitor room because they would just die. It would just be one of those things where they, the diamond pythons couldn't take the heat. It wouldn't be well for them, and they would just die. So, obviously, you can't keep certain animals the same way. In, and if you've got a whole room dedicated to one type of animal, you've got to be ready for that. I mean, what is it? Buddy does chondros, diamonds, and rhino rat snakes. And those are all creatures that can take the temps that each other can do. So, he's got no problems. Yeah, I would even say that, you know, 
Chondros and Diamonds, I mean, Chondros, I guess, can take those lower temperatures, but I would put them in that category with IJs and just, you know, I yeah. mean, obviously Buddy's, Buddy's setup is, is, I think that he's in a basement and he's in that corner. And, open. Yeah. yeah, so he, I think he, I think it's, he's, he's going to have success doing that just because of the conditions of his room and how it's set up, you know. God damn it, um, Dexter, shut up. So, yeah, I know. Um, what the heck is going on up there? <laughs> There's nobody home. <laughs> Jesus. I'm trying to mute it as I go, but. <laughs> ah, damn it. That's why I drew attention to it. I knew you were trying, yeah. so I figured why Thank not. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Anyway, so, but yeah, that, that's something you need to uh, you need to know because if, and also now, even you're going to have temperature fluctuations in your room. Regardless of what the hell you do, you're going to have your temperature fluctuations. That's why it's like I have a certain corner of my room where I'll keep my colibrids because I know it's the coldest corner of the room and they don't mind. But, you know, I would probably keep diamonds in that corner, but would I necessarily keep other pythons in that corner? Not really. I mean, I feel like that would be just more work for their cages to try to get the temps up to where I need it to be. So, yeah, so. For me, uh, and my current mm. setup, um, well, at my old place, um, I had a room that was dedicated to um, basically, uh, you would look at it, an ambient temperature of maybe 78 to 82, I guess, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. some, sometimes it got up maybe as high as 84 during the day for a brief amount of time, but um I, I didn't keep my diamond pythons in there. I kept them outside in my living room. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they, they would see just, you know, house temperatures. Um, right. And I, I provided uh, basking lights for them as opposed to, you know, my normal carpets, which, you know, they're just seeing heat tape and stuff like that. But, um, mm. you know, um, so in my current setup, though, I have two separate rooms. Um, and eventually, uh, the, the place that I call, you know, NPR studios or whatever you want to say is, uh, is going to be where I keep my cold stuff, uh, or colder stuff, uh, which would be, you know, diamonds, spread light, inlands, and then all the other stuff would be in the main room, um, and that's, that's, that's kind of how I'm going to approach it, but, I think that uh, it's important to think about, you know, what you're going to be keeping um, and, you know, are you just going to do uh, keeping the animals, naturalistic setups, that kind of deal, or are you going to focus more on breeding? Uh, But for the sake of our conversation, which most people can't just keep a snake, (laughs) they have to breed it. It's it's a disease, you know. Everybody has yeah. to, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't necessarily have to breed it, you know. I mean, it, it's funny when I think about what I would have done several years ago and what I do, would do, you know. Now, I mean, uh, I got the Timor python. And yeah. I saw a few males this summer that old Owen would have been all over and would have paid the uh, freaking – Four hundred dollars they wanted for each one of them, or something like that, to get this baby boy that 
for all I know, could be on death's doorstep. So it's almost like now it's better to wait. So I have her. She's here. I'm not necessarily – I have intentions to breed her, but I'm going to wait until I find, you know, a boy that I like, that I think is going to fit, that it's not pressing, where I used to just scramble and spend a ridiculous amount of money on the first thing I could find and then be kicking myself two months later when – a whole bunch of better looking, really cheaper ones came out. So <laughs> it's always the way, right? It's always um, the way. You you lose those that we uh we lost the water python, it got out. And we were kind of racking our brains and then we're like, all right, so we bought another water python female to replace her, and then we found the original water python that was loose. So then we ended up having two water python females. So there you go. Yikes. <laughs> um sometimes you just wait. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I thought, uh, so we posted up, um, uh, I posted up a question on a Morelia pick of the week, um, just asking people to show their setups and, and, and stuff like that. And I was impressed with, uh, John Beck, um, and his mm-hmm. setup in particular, because he's dialing in the temperatures before he even adds the animals into it. Um, Okay. You know, d- dialing up the cages and whatnot, and you know, I, you don't see too many people do that. But uh, I think long term, it's probably uh, better, less stressful for both yourself and the animal uh, to make sure that you uh, have dialed all that in. Um, you know, so I thought that was cool. Uh, there was some, you know, I'm, I'm when it comes to looks. Uh, I would say that uh, Lon's room is pretty top-notch, man. Um, I love it. it dude, <laughs> if I could, I, I swear to God, one of these days, I will have someone come in and install sliding glass doors in the front and in the side room because yeah. that's what I've always wanted. And to have that thing just, like, seal would be great. So Yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, – I think those are things that you kind of have to think about um, when, mm-hmm. when setting up the room, uh, those room have windows or, you know, what about drafts, uh, stuff like that. Uh, one of the first obstacles that I ran into with my room in particular was I have central air in my house. Um, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, <laughs> well, fortunately if it was, is a, was a room, but um, uh there's a vent that runs, you know, with the duct right above the middle of my room. And, you know, the air condition is just blowing, uh, you know, full force. Um, you know, a couple people told me to, to take it out and you can seal up, you know, that particular vent and all that stuff. But I found an easier solution. Um, actually, my wife picked these up. They were, it's almost like a magnet that you would put on your refrigerator, Right. Okay. Yeah. And you just sort of stick it to the vent and you cut it to the shape of the vent and it seals it off. Hmm. <laughs> like uh, it's so easy. They were they were like yeah. I don't know, 10 bucks at Home Depot um which was uh which was pretty awesome. So, you know, it, it I don't want the central air. I want the room to run on what the room is and not what the house is. Um so right. and and in particular downstairs in my house, cause I have a, a split level house. Um, it's much colder down here in the summertime, uh, which is good for humans, 
but bad for snakes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, um, so I, I've seen, and this kind of depends on where you live too. I mean, you know, we saw over in the chat where Bill was posting up and that's that thing that I shared with you that I found on Amazon. Basically what yeah. Bill has is he has this um, air conditioning split heater, like what you would find in a hotel. Um, yeah. And basically it just has that hung on the wall, you know, it gets too hot, uh, you know, the air conditioner kicks AC on, kicks on. cold, you know, right. Or yeah, sorry, AC, vice versa. <clears throat> um, which is, which awesome, is pretty awesome. Something that I would, we, we'd never think about that. Like, would you ever think about installing an AC on in your snake room? No. Exactly. No. Why? Yeah. Like, you know, there would, that would never, our, our fighting is not to keep it from getting too hot. It's to dear Lord, it's so cold in here. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought I hit the jackpot with the fucking, with the baseboard heaters that I have in my snake room. And even now right. I'm trying to get them rewired so I can control them. Because mm-hmm. right now they're just there. I mean, yeah. the people who owned this house before me did not have snake breeding in mind. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I know. What's uh, up with that? Yeah. Damn it. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so that's I, I guess I guess that's the first thing you want to think about is what what species are you keeping or what kind of variety of species are you keeping, and uh, you know what what are the requirements of that species? You know, I mean, I found that for me personally in my room, um, I have a hard time with with keeping a retic. Um, yeah, it just don't do well. In, in my room. I, I don't know why. Um, they just seem to be a little more sensitive. Uh, we were talking about that before the show about, you know, certain species are super sensitive and certain species are not. Like, for instance, if you have, uh, <clears throat> if you, I noticed that, like, if you, uh, you know, for whatever reason, let's say that your carpet python, let's say that you have a I don't know, a Walma python for, you know, and, I do. and the, and the water bowl goes empty. Um, yeah, that water bowl, uh, that Walma python is not gonna, you know, it's not going to be bothered be by it. But if you have yeah. say a white lip and that water bowl mm. goes dry, that white lip is dead. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that kind of matters too. Um, you know, um, those things are things you have to think about. So as far as, I guess, what would you say for you, what is the most important piece of equipment in your room? Temp okay. Gun. I got to know what that, because otherwise I'm just guessing. You know, the computer system tells me this is what it is in the cage. Yes. I know mm-hmm. that's what the, that, that is the temp of where the probe is. But mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, the snake knocks the probe down off the wall uh, it somehow pushes the water bowl to where the probe's in the water bowl, blah, 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 blah. So the temp gun is really what tells me what the hell I'm looking at. And that's the whole point. That's why you spend the money, you get the good uh, calibrated temp gun. I even go as far as mine is from an auto, um, the automotive industry. It's for, like, uh-huh. pumping engines and stuff like that, and it's calibrated to a certain way, and that's the whole fucking point of the damn thing. 
I need to know what the temperature is of certain parts of my room and or certain cages at any given time. So without that, like I said, it's just a lot of it's guesswork. You have to go back to those stupid little wall hanging uh, thermometers, which will tell you the perfect temperature of that wall. So mm-hmm. it's, it is really invaluable. Everything else kind of works off of what reading I get on the temp gun. You know, if I have to bump up the heat, lower the heat, if I have to move the probe, if I have to, you know, even move this animal in the, the different cage into a different stack. So, yeah, I'd say the temp gun. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's I, actually honestly, I didn't even think about that, but uh, that is uh, very important. Um, I think it's one of those things that a lot of people often overlook. You know. Uh, yeah, they, they they buy the hundred dollar or fifty dollar one, those little little tiny ones that if you figure it out, it's not accurate within. It's only accurate within a certain number of degrees. It's uh-huh. only accurate within a certain number of inches. So it's like you gotta you gotta make sure you, that's like the first thing. If you have a really good temp gun and you have carpet pythons, you can pretty much fake your way through several years of keeping because that's what I did. So. Right. <laughs> Fake your way through. <laughs> fake your way through it. You just fake All right. It. Fake it till uh, you make it. So, right. You know, so, and that's what you got to do. Yeah, I think um, I like – I kind of like what Matt has going on. Uh, you know, we've both been to Matt's room, and he has, like, those – It's his uh, card, isn't it? You, you no, 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 no. Piece of equipment. Oh. <laughs> no, I was going to say that he has all those um, – uh, you know, those digital thermometers all around the room, floor, yeah. ceiling, and all the corners. All different places. He has that – he went to – didn't he go to Lowe's and buy that one? There there are certain things you can get Yeah. that you, you, you keep them in your house. This yeah. is what they're supposed to be used for. Of course, we don't do it that. You keep it in your house, <laughs> and then you take the probes and you leave them outside, like put one in the front yard on a tree, put one in the backyard underneath the deck. You can put one over here, one over there, and what it does is it tells you the temperature readout of each and every single one, so you know, like, oh, it's really cold and windy outside. Three people who don't apparently believe in the Weather Channel, so <laughs> it's you know, it's one of those things. But if you do that and you put them all in your room, you have one centralized thing that tells you each corner of the room what the temp is. So if you have to move the heater or adjust the fan or you know, maybe add some more insulation to that thing. I mean, that's just how it goes. So yeah, that's what Matt has. Yeah. Which is, uh, which is a good idea because I think, so again, if we're talking carpets, I think I've said this multiple times on the show, but one of the approaches that I, I actually got this from Nick button, uh, when, uh, he was talking to me about setting up a room, but, um, you know, keeping your IJs on the top, Darwin's on the next level of the room, um, you know, uh, let's say that you have like a, a, a six stack cage system, you know, um, and you have an IJ on the top, a Darwin next, a jungle next, a coastal next, inlands, and then, you know, bread lie, diamonds, those kind of things down in the, in the lower uh, tiers uh, of the caging. Now people have done that and they've kept, you know, kept diamonds and kept those species. Um, I think though, from optimizing your success, 
I personally think the approach of having a room that can, you know, really get cold, uh, really is, yeah. you know, make, makes the difference. Um, but, uh, just for, for, for the sake of keeping, yeah, you could do that. But, uh, you know, because obviously IJs have to be a little bit warmer, Darwin's a little bit warmer, Breadlie, Inland's not so much, you know? And that was one thing. Do you remember when we had the, uh, when I had the, blood python here and uh-huh. Matt and Lon were like you know keep it don't keep it where you're keeping it it's too hot it doesn't like it it's getting ornery and all that other nasty stuff and I moved it to like the lowest bin in the rack closest to the door you know and it kind of calmed down a little bit mm-hmm. so it was like you know and that's the whole thing you gotta you gotta kind of think about so yeah so, Sorry, my white lip is yawning and I'm watching it. So, <laughs> so I guess, um, what would you say as far as size goes? What would you say is a decent size for your average snake room? You what don't do you ever think? want to be where Owen was when he was at his mom's place, okay? There's, <laughs> you, need, you need space. You yeah. really do. And I mean, I, I know everybody has all the crammed stuff and You'll be get creative, but my snake room at my mother's was pretty much a freaking hallway with cages on both sides. There uh-huh. was no room to get away from anything if it decided that I had to be punished uh, yep. for coming into its cage. Um, and it just wasn't conducive for anything. And it was very hard to, you know, move around. So I would say you need to have a decent-sized room. Like, you know, when I, when I was looking at houses, it was anything with a basement that I could – wall off and create rooms was what I wanted. It was anything with uh, like a rec room or a side room or a very large bedroom in the basement area. Um, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for like almost the size of, maybe not necessarily the size of a master bedroom, but you know, a nice sized bedroom is what you're looking for in a snake room. I think if you do that, you can get started there. I mean, that's a great start to where I started was a bedroom and then I moved into the basement. Um, the room I'm in right now is about the size of a room that you would consider putting like a pool table and some darts in. It's like a rec room kind of deals with it. I think it was, they had it as before. So it's, uh, it's nice enough that I can have the cages lined because you're normally going to have the cages lining the walls and you might even have a small island of cages in the middle but the objective is that you have room to move, room to walk, room to clean. You're not running into things, bumping into things. Uh, the uh, cages aren't affecting each other with the whole heating apparatuses. They're not like the cages down low aren't just totally cooking the cages up high because they're all clamped in together. So that's just how it goes. I think you need, I think you need space. Yeah, I would agree. My my old room setup was basically a second bedroom. Yeah. Uh, you've been there. Basically, there's room for me and the snakes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, there was no room for Owens in those places. It was a very small room. So. Yes. And now... Um, Tons of space. Too much space. <laughs> yeah, what a difference. Uh so I think I think one of the things that uh you know, I, I, I think I've said this before too, but if you're gonna keep a species like scrub pythons, you definitely mm. need some space, man. You know, not just because they get big, but just because of you need to be able I, I, I found that 
I became very frustrated working with scrubs in my old room because right. it, I felt like, you know, th- there goes the scrub. I just got out. It's going up the blinds. Oh my God, I can't get it. Now it's on this hook. Now I'm trying to get it on that hook. Whoa, the hook's on the other side of the room. Oh my God. You know, it's just with uh, the ass. You need room. You need room, but you don't need that much room because here's the thing there's always a moment in time when you're dealing with a pissed off snake and all your hooks, I don't care how many you have, they are on the <laughs> other side of the room. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell? Why yeah. are they even all over there? It's like, so that's like, even me, I hang all my tools on the wall. There's still a moment where I'm right by where they're all hung up, and my two hooks are like on the other side of the room, and it's like, but wait, who did that? And so it's me, of course, but it, it, and I can understand that with the frustration. Um, you need room to work with the animal. I mean, you you don't know frustration than having a white lip come at you, and you have nowhere to run. <laughs> it's like you have nowhere to back off. You have nowhere to let the animal come out, and then you know, get settled a little bit, and then you can work it. Um, venomous people will tell you that all the time. Like, do you remember when we went up to uh, we went up to Nerd, and we yeah. saw their Venomous room, and I was oh like, my God. not enough room in here to do yeah. anything. And it's like, that's what, what that, that was the main complaint I had. It's like, you need room to work the animals. But apparently their Venomous guy is very good, because I would have been dead by then. So, yeah. um, but it, it's like, you need space and you don't realize how much of a joy it is to have the space until you get it so like you know uh i, I came down to my, my my new snake room the first time and i was able to put my arms out to my side and spin and i'm like oh my god look i'm not hitting everything <laughs> so uh, somebody make me a picture of the girl from the sound of music take her head off it. put stop his it. head stop on it, it and stop put it in the stop snake it. room <laughs> Because these, I'm going to post over in the chat my my first most important thing for my snake room, my books. <laughs> oh Jesus! And I keep my I Morel- keep those out of the snake room. It, I keep them in the library. Oh, and your Morelia Python radio calendar. And look what's on there! It's a rough scale. A rough <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah. Now uh, that. That uh, that bookshelf is going to be in my uh, is in the NPR spot uh, studio spot. So can I can uh, I imagine the NPR studio spot is like a library with a fireplace and a big wingback chair where you sit there and like swirl brandy? <laughs> yeah. And, How did you and, know? And like do the show in a row? I'm smoking yeah, a cigar I, I, as we speak. Of course, I yeah. know. I got my um, uh, what's his name? Uh, what the hell's the guy's name from uh, Playboy? Uh, oh, Hugh Hefner. Yeah, Hugh Hefner robe. <laughs> there you go. Just swirling brandy. Yeah, it's great. Random, random monocle. It's like, why are you? <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Um, yep. This is. Um, I'm gonna post a picture of one shot of my room when I was moving in, um, but. Uh, you did a lot in that room since, like, since like when you first moved in there to, like, when I was at your place at, like, 4 in the morning after Tinley and was slightly delirious. 
Um, oh, yeah. You did a lot with that room. That or I imagined you did a lot with that room. I don't know yet. I'll have to come yeah. back. So, um, <clears throat> but that's, and you got a lot of new racks and stuff, and you're, like you said, you're able to spread out. Are you enjoying it more now that a little bit more relaxed and a little oh bit more God. spread out? And, it's you know, night you have the sink right there, and so happy. Well, I have to replace the sink, but right now what I have, so basically, here's, it's right beside my baby rack. <laughs> That's where Eric thing. does his hair in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, what the lady, the, the 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 people that owned the house before I did it, uh, I, I think I've said this before, but they had a, a hair salon, and they took a two car garage and made it a hair salon. So basically, that's my snake room now. Um, and I was so happy, and it sounds so corny because it's that tiny little sink. But, dude, I'm telling you, man, what a Any difference sink is better. to have a sink. <laughs> so I don't happy. care. Dude, I used to have to, like, take my tubs and shit to the bathtub and, like, you yeah. know. <laughs> oh, dude, it's all like your rooms in a completely different room. Yeah, it's all – oh, yeah. God, yes. So, so eventually happy. I'm going to convert that sink right there to uh, – uh, you know, to a, to a regular a basin, um, sink. Yeah. basin sink. Yeah. Like but, what I got. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that is a very, uh, added bonus, uh, if you will. Yes. Um, if you want to have Listen, that in your snake room. The way, you know, a, an actual snake person, uh, a professional snake person from, uh, some guy who has not yet had like, you know, uh, not yet learned to run or, you know, still has his baby teeth or whatever. When you ask about what would you put in your snake room? Somebody's like a keg and a television. Yeah. And then like the old school guys are like a sink and a cart to wheel things on. And it's like, Oh, Oh God, those are awesome. It's like the second you realize that having a sink right nearby is way better than having a goddamn television in the fucking room is, you know, how it works out. And I would have loved to have seen, the thing is that when you were shopping for your house, you're going around with your wife and your sister was your realtor. So you could like totally geek out and be crazy in front of those two. Um, and they would, you know, they've seen you do it before. Um, yes. I had a complete stranger. So when I'm like, oh, my God, there's a whole separate room down here. She's like, are you excited for the separate room? I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> so I have plans for this room. So right. it's, you know, it helps. Man, I'm looking at, uh, you want to talk about, I guess we were just talking about diamond pythons and such. And if you saw Paul from uh, DK Pythons, um, did you see that over on Pick of the Week? His, no. Is that up there? Dude, that's pretty sweet. Um, well, I was like, Lon, I, first off, I know we all have a love affair with Lon's room and uh, Scott's room. Oh my God! Yeah. You know, oh my God! <laughs> so, if I could get Scott's room, I'd be so happy. Yeah. Well, if Scott's on just got, a, he's just on another level. On the whole, another level, man. <laughs> I mean, Not it's fair, like, dude. Yeah. Well, like, I'm so happy. I have a little thing that blocks the draft from the door. He's like, I have a self-sealing door that's graded to be a submarine. It's like, holy shit, dude! <laughs> so. Yeah. Um. So, 
so I guess after you figure out what you're going to keep and yeah, look through those pictures, man. I just sent it I over am. to that's that. Insane. Yeah, it's pretty sweet, man. That's that's a nice setup. Um, clean too. Yeah, Great. I like that look. Yeah. So that would that would be that would be my uh, next question. Uh, I've dealt with both carpet flooring and hardwood flooring, and now tile flooring. I personally love the tile. Uh, easy clean. Uh, you know, it's just night and day. Especially if I mean, basically, I deal with a, a paper substrate. You know, I'm using yeah. unprinted newspaper. But if you're doing anything that's like cypress mulch, aspen, anything like that, and you have rugs, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. It I sucks. Have, I have the indoor-outdoor carpeting, which I guess is you can use in some sort of outdoor areas. Right. I still don't like it. So, you know, there was um, – uh, I mean, I, I don't like it because it, it still obviously gets dirty, so there's still problems with it. Um, and I would like to move to more like a laminate kind of a deal, um, but six of one, I'm going to have to wait a little bit for that because the carpet does show everything, and if it gets, you know, yeah, you're constantly having to vacuum it to make sure it stays nice and clean. And uh, I do have a, a carpet cleaner, so I come in here every once in a while and totally – clean the carpets, but I'll eventually want to just get onto something hard laminate kind of a deal or something like that. So future missions. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely, uh, definitely makes uh, a difference. I think, um, have been dealt with both now currently in my, what I call room B, the colder, uh, room. Um, I do have rugs in there. Uh, but, uh, eventually at some point I'll be switching over to, uh, to, uh, a hardwood floor of some type. So, um, yeah. So I guess then after you got that worked out, um, next thing to think about is caging. Um, some people use, uh, there's so many different caging out nowadays. You know what's what what always baffles me about, and I'm guilty of this in the past, and I'm sure you're probably the same, Owen. Is that yeah, we spend so much money on the snakes, but when it comes <laughs> to the caging, we're so freaking cheap. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, it's like I just bought a, thousands of dollars of snakes. And if the cage is over 500 bucks, I'm like, oh, man, this is ridiculous. No, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? no. It's, um, it's one of those where when you realize just what you can do with a snake or with the snake cages, it, it, it's like, and everybody has their own opinions about their own cages. They all have the company that they like best. They all have the thing that they like best. And everybody goes through the phases of, keeping them in tanks and then keeping them in racks and then keeping them, you know, in these cages to building their own out of these materials, realizing those suck and are really heavy, buying these cages, realizing that that company isn't really the one you want to go for. And then so finally settling on this company and then right. God forbid that one goes out of business and you're back to square one. So once you figure out the cages that you want and how you want to heat them, wire them, stack them, you almost like once you stick with those and if you stick with one company or even one design in particular and build your room off of that, it, things go much smoother. 
everything kind of falls into place and you can kind of go from there. Um, and, you know, I found the uh, Evolution Reptile out of Maryland. They built all my cages and then I'm doing my racks come from animal plastics or sea serpents. Um, that's really where I'm just going with those. So I can have them all cut. And now I'm actually even cutting and making my own cages because I found the material that my cages are made out of. So mm-hmm. what would cost me about like $800, $900 to make a cage, now I can do for like uh, cost of materials and a little bit of time and labor. So that's where you go with it is, you know, you got to try to figure out what you're trying to do with the cage and what you need it to do. You know, if you're trying to do bulbs, you got to get the right kind of cage for that. If you're trying to do uh, radiant heat panels, you want to do under the cage heat. I mean, you got to kind of figure out how you're going to do it. And then you got to make the decision if you want to do cages versus racks. Right. Well, I think, uh, I think my uh, experiences have been with, uh, and this is if you're setting up a room, some things you want to think about. So if you're going to have a, a dedicated room to where you can have a higher ambient room temperature, uh, a product like Vision, um, you know, where it's open-sided racks, um, right. they, you know, and, and animal plastics makes a cheaper version of their racks where their sides are open as well. Yeah. Um, you know, is this, what do they call it? Like the economy version or something like that? Econo line or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. So <clears throat> the, yeah. I think if you have, uh, an, a higher ambient temperature in the room, um, you definitely are not going to have to worry about, um, the sides being open in my, in my experience. Um, if you're going to have a, 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 some struggles with that, uh, where you might be worried about, you know, maybe the temperature gets a little colder during the winter and it's hard to keep that temperature within the rack. You probably want to go with something like animal plastics, uh, sea serpents, something like that to where the sides are enclosed, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, that makes a difference in trying to keep that, that tub, you know, uh, warmer. That's, that's if you're using, um, you know, racks. Um, if you're using caging, I think the best thing you can do for caging is, is radiant heat panels. I mean, to me, yes. you know, that's the, that's the end all be all when it comes to, uh, they are insanely worth it and uh having the radiant heat panels and then again with if you go with a certain company they do give you discounts if you buy a certain amount so yeah if you're the kind of guy that like i buy a radiant heat panel every time i'm at a show i'm at a show and something's for sale then you're spending more money than you have to you know if you buy a box of radiant heat panels you end up only getting you end up getting a a brick and that helps so And having the panels of all the right, the same size and all mounted on the same side of the cage um, really does help because if you have them stacked up, the panel from the cage below warms the floor of the cage above it. So your panels don't have to work too hard. And especially if you have something like a Herbstead 4 that does proportional heating, you know, your yep. middle cages are the ones that don't ever have to go too too hard. You know, they're they're the ones getting help from both above and below. So they're usually the ones that are lower on the scale or like are almost always zero. 
and then the ones at the top and the bottom are the ones that usually have to turn on and off. So, so for those people that might not know, when you say something like proportional heating, what does that mean? Yes. It means that the thermostat will only direct a certain amount of electricity to the heat panel that it needs to crank up to heat to a certain point. So, you know, if you plug into a, if you plug a panel into a wall outlet, it's got 100% of the electricity going right to it. So it's on, and it's on at full board, full blast. So what proportional does, it only lets a little bit of it go into. So say you have it... Um, Say you have it set to 84, and the room itself is 82. Maybe only 30% of the power is needed to send, to be sent to the panel to turn it on a little bit, not full bore, but to warm that cage up, that spot up to right where you need to be, and then it'll click right back off to zero. Right. And I like those because then, it, it, first off, it, it helps save on your electric bill, which if you're going to set up a snake room, be prepared for that to go to a place you never thought it would go. Um, uh, and so it helps off on that. It also helps extend the life of the panel. It's not on constantly all the time. You know, it's it's almost like a dimmer switch on a lamp or a light. Right. Yep. So I, I know, so when it comes to uh, thermostats, I specifically use... Um, spider robotics and i found yes. that they do a thing that's called ramping and basically um to me this especially helps storm breeding season um because what it does is it sort of slowly brings the temperature down not just like an on off type of deal um so you sl- it's 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 to me it's more naturalistic because you're slowly yeah. bringing the the whether I guess it would be that hot spot, <clears throat> you're slowly bringing it down until eventually it's off. Um, you know, uh, which I think is, is a huge advantage. Um, and it's why I use, um, those, you know, herb stats. Um, yeah. In my, in my opinion, they're the best. Cause you set it up to, you set up the day temp, you set up the night temp, and then you, you turn on the ramping, and it does the transition between the two. It's not just – because if you don't yeah. do it with the ramping, it's just – at nighttime now, it will be 76 degrees. It's like, oh, shit. So it's <laughs> yeah, kind of a little bit of a so, shock to the little systems. So here's something that you want to think about as well. Uh, when you're getting racks um, in particular, uh, back heat versus belly heat. Uh, mm, I've done I've belly. done both. I find belly yeah. heat to be the better. I find belly heat to be the better, and I am probably going to be changing all my baby racks in the next year because of that. Um, right. Belly heat belly heat seems to work because it gets a chance for the snake to sit directly on the hot spot, right over top of it, like right yes. over where the heat tape is, so it can warm up. Belly right. heat, you know, they either got to be right up against the back of it, and you know that's. It, it basically belly heat works for me for babies because the babies don't, they just kind of curl up in the back of the bin and they warm up that way. Anything bigger than a baby, um, like uh, you kind of feel a little bit bad about it when you have babies that have maybe stayed too long in the bin, the baby bin for a while. Cause 
sets, we start getting worried about them because they can't really get cram themselves in the back of the cage all that much. Mm-hmm. So I like belly heat for juveniles and older, so I'll probably be moving everything over to belly heat, which is probably why I'm going to um, – you, you remember how you did that one rack, or you helped Zach build that one rack that was like you could adjust the levels and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. I have all yeah. those sheets of PVC, and I was thinking about doing that in black PVC, but where only the shelves in the middle could adjust, but it has like a, a back, a top, and sides, so it was all enclosed. Okay. Yeah, I guess you could Thinking do that. About it. But I don't know how you'd do belly heat that way, though, because you had to extend the tape. Yeah, so you'd have to route out where that tape is going to sit, whether you're using heat tape or if you're using... Um... You know, heat cable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, still nothing about, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> um, so basically, in my early days, which I'm sure everybody has done this at some point, I basically uh, spent my money on the snakes, and I built mm-hmm. my racks <laughs> from all different kinds of crazy things. Um, now. Uh, this year I've, um, you know, my main focus is just getting, uh, my equipment side of it, caging, uh, you know, racks, uh, thermostats, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the new thing that, uh, I got for, uh, you know, that Lon hooked us up with, um, yeah. as far as controlling the heater, um, space heater, which we'll get into, uh, when we get to that part, but, um, you know, all these things um, really uh, make keeping snakes easier. So when she, once you get the room dialed in, you know, you really can enjoy it. You know what I mean? It, it just seems like it's more enjoyable, I guess, to a certain extent, at least well, for me. It, it is, and it's one less thing to deal with. I mean, I, you get the room dialed in, you get the cage racks dialed in, and then it's – you can focus on – Care of the animals, breeding of the animals, raising of the babies, setting up breeding schemes, taking pictures, not taking pictures. I don't care. But, like, you know, it's something else to not have to consume you, not have to worry about. Right. Now, I think the question that people ask a lot as far as and, – and, again, we're just talking carpet pythons at this particular point uh, when we're talking about caging. Um, what what is the right size cage for a carpet python? Well, in my opinion, um, I think what, female what's the right size for a carpet. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think females. I would say probably four foot. Yeah, four by two by, you know, height's one of those things. Some people say fifteen. Some people say twelve. Uh, I did eighteen. Some people go eighteen. You know, um, <laughs> you know, some people I like, I think Ryan Young has this set up and I think Nick has a similar setup where they basically take in a bucket, um, and they attach it to the ceiling and mm-hmm. they, they, they poke a hole in the bucket and that becomes the hide, um, and uh, carpets and, you know, boreal things like scrubs and stuff like that seem to really uh, like those kind of, uh, kind I, of setups. I do like the arboreal hide deal. Um, and I, I like what I've done where it's why I have the 18 inches is because then I can put one of those big heavy totes that you get at like Lowe's or 
Walmart or whatever, I can put it in there, put a hole in the front of it, and then I have technically almost a shelf combined with a hide. So, like, right now I'm looking at one of my carpet females curled up on the top of the bin, and then I'm looking at one of my other carpet females going into the bin, and, uh, yeah. So, and I, and most of them will actually lay their eggs inside that bin. So, it's, uh, it's one thing that I like about that. That's why I kind of choose the higher height. But I think you basically height is dependent on what you want to do, but always having a hide box that they can get into or and on top of makes your life much easier. Here's another idea. I just Googled Go it. Go for it. But um, basically what they did is they took a hide box. And oh, yeah, like they, they put little things on it. Yeah. Yep, and they flipped it upside down. Again, you know, you can see where, you know, the carpet's, in particular, like that uh, kind of deal. Um, I've seen that with, uh, I think they have these, these bins that you can use for, like, uh, cleaning dishes or something like that, I think is where they keep them at Walmart. And I've mm-hmm. seen those a lot, you, or even uh, litter boxes for cats, those mm-hmm. plastic litter boxes. I've seen those used as those arboreal-like hides. I always mm-hmm. liked those. Um, I thought about doing them for scrubs at one point, but... I kind of didn't like the idea of it coming, like, at my face, at eye level. So, um, kind of decided to not do that. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I could see where that could be a problem. Um, yeah, right for the face. Yeah, so I guess I guess when it comes to caging, that's what I would say is uh, is a decent size for females. If you're getting into bread lie and some of the, you know, if you have southern coastals and stuff like that, like Brisbane's, um, which tend to be a little bit on the bigger side, um, yeah, I think you might, you know, look at something maybe like a six foot cage. I mean, I don't, I think they could be fine in a four foot cage, but. You know, I think uh, six foot would probably be optimum uh, for a species I, like that. I only ever put, I only put one carpet in a six footer, and that was Sophie, because mm-hmm. she was like nine feet long when she, you know, when I finally measured her. Um, yeah, I often wonder if she had southern blood in her. Dude, she must have. She was huge. So, which is surprises it, me of why you don't have Brisbane's yet. <laughs> shut up. I'm Go working ahead. on it. Uh, anyway, um, it, it's just one of the things where most of my carpets who are, you know, I usually kept them on the larger side, do very, very well in four-foot cages. And they do well in my 4 by 2 by 2 and they do mm-hmm. well in my 4 by 2 by 18 So, like, they do very well in four-foot cages. And the funny thing is, is that my four-foot cages are not exactly four feet long because I had to have them specially made to fit into my old snake room. So, they're like three feet and they're like almost four feet long. Like they're just a little shy, which is mm-hmm. why I was actually able to go for them to be a little bit taller because I was able to kind of take away from the length and add it to the height. So um, it's one of those things where they, they do the females. And of course, any large male that I have does very well in a four foot cage and every single cage company on the planet has a four foot cage. So, yeah, I mean, there's tons of them. Um, yep. But uh, even Animal Plastic even makes something called a carpet python cage. So, 
Yeah, you know. doesn't it come with the shelf? Yeah. Yeah, it comes with the shelf. Um, I think the idea was is that carpets tend to be more arboreal than others. Uh, snakes, I don't know. That's kind of like, I mean, they're not nearly as as, uh, as arboreal as, say, something like um, a scrub python or a chondro. Um, but right. they definitely will take advantage of perching. I find that the diamonds seem to be more into perching uh, than any of my other carpets. Mine, I don't give them perches, but they have the shelves. Or mm-hmm. they have bins that they can curl up on top of. And, and did they I use it? Toss-up. Toss-up. I mean, I have one female that is always on top of her bin. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I have two females that are like that. So it's just like, it's, it's a, it's a toss-up. Um, I had one female that had a perch in her cage, and she never left it. And she was a coastal. So mm-hmm. it's just, I think it's just, it's weird. And like I said, uh, my 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 biggest frustration was I put in all these wonderful perches for the ruppies and they just kind of they stared at them from underneath them. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. to, like you guys are supposed to climb? They're like I don't know. So it was like they didn't like climbing. So my rough scales were broken. But um, it I think it honestly depends on the animal. So I think uh, I think with um, in particular. Um, well, my Brisbane's or Brettles ever get that big? Ha <laughs> uh, ha. Yeah, I, <laughs> they're probably the one species that will be big for me. But um, you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think they just get big on their own, man. I don't think. I think they're like olive pythons, man. Olive pythons just grow. I don't care if you feed them or you. not; they just grow. You know, seems like bread liars the same olive, way. You haven't seen olive put on poundage. I mean. When they go from rats to guinea pigs or from rats to, like, small rabbits, it is just like, boom. All of a sudden, the girth comes in, the length comes in, their heads start developing these big uh, – they get huge. So, mm-hmm. it happens fast. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so here's a question. Pro placement when you're putting it on – let's talk racks first. When you're talking racks, okay. what are you doing to secure your probe and where do you put it? I usually have these things you can get at Walmart. You can, uh, they, they, it's for guiding cables or attaching them to walls for mm-hmm. like, uh, plugs or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. they stick, they have little sticky sides and that's great, but eventually the sticky will wear off. So you have to like hot glue it into place. I like mm-hmm. to run those in on and I clip the probe to the sides. So it's got enough slack. So it lands kind of not directly on the back part of the tub, but maybe a little bit forward a little bit. And that's where it sits. So this way the snake can't really mess with it too much. Every once in a while they do move them, but not really far. And the temperature stays about correct. And I usually like to put it in the tub that's in the middle of the rack. So you put that in uh, a tub? In a tub? Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. You're so I will. Yeah. So I, the cables, the probes are really long. So you got a lot of slack. It goes. It, the the probe runs along. The, the side of the tub or it goes in through the back and mm-hmm. then it clips on so you have all this slack so when you pull out the tub now your probed tub can't come mm-hmm. all the way out of the rack so that kind of makes it a little freaking annoying but this way when you're pulling on it the cable just comes all the way out and you may have to hold the cable as you insert the rack the tub back into the rack but yeah that's the whole point mm-hmm. is that it stays put kind of 
And then I use the same clips in my cages to keep the probe on the back wall around the center of the cage, maybe a little bit closer to the heat panel. Right. Okay. I, I basically secure it to the heat tape. That's what I'm doing. I don't put it in the tub. I put it outside the tub. Um, I've done it outside the tub, and then I mm-hmm. realized there was a variation for what was outside the tub on the heat tape and what was inside the tub where the snake is. So mm-hmm. I want to know the temp of where the snake is. So screw it. The probe's going in with the snake. So, did you see huge? Did you see a huge difference in 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 temps between the two maybe a degree, when you moved it? Maybe a, de- a degree or two, but okay. Yeah. Just, well, sometimes you know, that matters. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I would say it's not perfect. I had that one scrub that ate the probe, so. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, it was a malukin. No. It was a really oh. stupid malukin. But oh like, my God. Uh, like, we open we open the drawer. Yeah, he, we open the drawer, and he's there, and he's swallowed the probe as far as he can. He's just kind of hanging there, like with it halfway down his throat, and he can't go any further up, and he can't go back down. He's just like sitting there with this dumb like half open mouth with a wire going way down. He's like, what? So you had to like, we had to like grab him, grab the wire and slowly pull it out of him. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes they're really dumb, but huh. uh, yeah, I mean like uh, the, there's a probe. A lot of times I will actually put a probe in a tub that I know I don't use. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll mark that as the probe tub, but then every mm-hmm. once in a while, especially with the baby rack, you get so full that you need to use that tub. So it happens. But yeah, it's true. Um okay. So uh yeah, I I like I said I attach it. Now, for your cages, you're just leaving it uh again on the back wall, is what you're saying? I think the, that's how you On have the back up, wall. Right? Yep, on the back wall a little bit towards the side of the cage that has the, like if it's if it's leaning anywhere, it's leaning more towards where the panel is. Um, just so I have the hot spot and then I have like the radiant area around the hot spot. Mm-hmm. But I found that especially with cages, I was having a major discrepancy of where the probe was, especially mm-hmm. if the if the snakes kept moving the freaking probe. Um, they kept like knocking it into their water bowl or underneath their hides or into the back wall or into the opposite corner. So you really got to secure the probe, especially in a cage because you don't want it going anywhere that it can't that you shouldn't have it now like i said i use those clips um it's a lot harder they don't last as long in a snake in a, in a cage because the snakes do stupid things they try to climb on the clips uh-huh. um so you have to like really secure them in there use a hot glue to put them in there not while the snakes in there because they would be that stupid but uh-huh. uh i've also used these things that are uh almost like they're called wired staples but they're made of plastic they have two little nails on each side, and you kind of hammer them in place. Again, uh-huh. for guiding wires and cleaning up, like, your living room or something like that. So I've used those to keep probes and plugs in place. Uh, you almost have to because the snake's going to try to climb on the wire or knock it down or do whatever, and it, they they could really mess up how the cage is heated and where everything goes. So Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I I, I – I think yeah, even for my adults, um and anything I have in cages I use I'm kinda old fashioned when it comes to that. I use lights. Um because I think like especially with diamonds, they like to bask. Um 
I think at some point maybe I'll switch to radiant heat panels, but I still think that uh, I will use light uh, with that with them in particular. Um, you I, know. Yeah, and I understand that, and I really like the radiant heat panels. It's just there's no possible way a snake can hurt themselves on a radiant heat panel. I Plus, mean, they're a lot safer, right? I mean, as far as they uh, are. God forbid I mean, you say the F word, fire. <laughs> you know. Fire bad, fire bad. Yeah. They're always bad. So it's, you know, they're, they're a lot safer. Again, the snake can't hurt themselves. We've all seen pictures of snakes that have, like, tried giving that heat bulb a bear hug or, um, God forbid, somebody was dumb enough to keep doing the heat rocks. Um, oh, God. For, why do they even still don't... exist, man? <laughs> no, no, they still be. You still see them at freaking PetSmart. Like, why are they making these still? Oh my so god! It, don't ever, 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 ever get a heat rock. Ever get a heat yeah. rock, everyone. Never. If somebody offers you a snake plus materials and they want to give you a heat rock, you leave that shit in their driveway when you leave. So, it's they're just the worst. They burn so many animals and they cannot be controlled. Um, and you also got to know that no matter what heating element you have in your cage, it needs mm-hmm. to have a thermostat on it. You know, heat panels can get upwards to 150 degrees. Um, and that's just as far as I've ever seen them go. I assume they can go higher. Heat tape itself can get up really hot and has been known to cause fires. Mm-hmm. So, the dialostat or like the forty dollar one you pick up at PetSmart it is not really gonna. You should not be doing that. That's not what you should be do. Invest the money on the computer systems. So. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I I would be lying if I said that I've never kept a snake with a with a bulb on the top as long as I have that temp gun and. <laughs> and and can figure out what the temps are. Um, I've kind of, I don't have that hooked up to a, I have it hooked up to a timer, but I don't have it hooked yeah. up to uh Well, the bulbs, yeah. I wouldn't, as long as the snake can't get to the bulb, you're fine. Because the bulb isn't yeah. going to be dangerous unless the snake's like, I'm going to hug it. I mean, then you got a problem. I, and, and dude, I, I did not snort in the safest way. My first snake collection was a heavy duty uh, surge protector with a with a very very long plug. Mm-hmm. I plugged it in in my dorm room underneath my desk, and then the plug, then the cable ran out the door underneath our door uh, into a closet that we had in the common room, where I had stacks of forty one quart sweater boxes. They're all stacked up where they had mm-hmm. heat tape weaving between the sweater boxes. And then the thermostat was uh, mounted to the wall. Okay. <laughs> that was my first ever snake thing. It was so dumb. I don't know why everyone survived. Um, I right. don't know why I didn't burn the dorms down my junior year. So mm-hmm. it was, that was it. And then I don't think I got into having a bunch of cages until I got into uh, out of the college into my mother's house. So, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, that was dumb, dumb, dumb. I, 
I I I guess uh, I would hit on this now while we're talking, you know, um, temperatures and, and and heating and heat tape and all that kind of stuff. I did at one point switch to an ambient room temperature uh, heat. Um, basically, I kept the room between seventy eight and eighty three, um, and you can keep. I would say you could keep almost all species in that way. I had a lot of difficulty with breeding them. Now, some people have success. I think that for species like royal pythons, chondros, uh, where they're pro- you could probably get away with IJs too. Um, if you're if the species is more from a from a place that really doesn't see huge temperature swings, I think that uh, you know they'll do just fine with that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I had, I had a real hard time. Um, you have to watch what you're feeding. And I mean, when you're, when you take on somebody else's keeping regimen, you really have to take into consideration the stuff that's behind the scenes. And this is the right. stuff that really, you know, if you have your room dialed in, you hear that phrase dialed in, to know what's going on in your room um, because I think that uh, people don't take into, uh, into account uh, the, the, just the natural fluctuation of the temperature of your house. So right. you might not drop temperatures, but the room <laughs> drops in temperature. I mean, your house drops in temperature at night. Um, it's just it's the way it goes. Um, so yeah, and to say I mean, that we've talked about. No, go ahead. I mean, I mean, we've talked about how no one should ever take our uh, method as gospel. You no. Know, uh, I do what works for me. You do what works for you. The objective of all these things, and the reason we talk to so many breeders and all this stuff, is we want you guys to take what they've said and see what works for you and make it your own. Because your room is going to react completely different than somebody else's room. And that's just... Um, I mean, I, I, you guys could you could live across the street from somebody, and your room's going to act different from theirs. Yeah, well, I think me and Rob have talked about this multiple times. Him being out in Colorado, where the you know the relative humidity is very low, and right. us over here is a little higher, so we we don't fight that same that same battle. I would say probably baby Bill in Texas probably has the same, you know, guys down guys and girls down in Texas, you know, down in the Southern States, Arizona is probably the same way. I would imagine. Um, they probably have a hard time with, uh, you know, and it's not that humidity is important. I think that this is one of those things where people, people get confused, but with some species, I really think that it, you have to I mean it's hydration is the key, but also, you know, I don't know. I I think I'm starting to think with chondros that that makes a difference. And the reason that I think that is because damn it, man, they are impossible to get to drink from a goddamn water bowl. <laughs> <laughs> there was um I did my I did waters yesterday. I, I scrubbed bowls and gave everybody fresh water. And it's uh-huh. funny because I, uh, I I got distracted 
uh, about halfway through and uh-huh. up on a phone call with a few other people and stuff like that. So I ended up getting back, and they haven't had water for, like, because I scrubbed all the bowls and I let everything dry, so they haven't had water for about two hours. So I put all the water bowls back in, and I dumped a bunch of fresh water in everybody's cage. And there were these mm-hmm. two carpets that immediately went over to the water bowl and just did that whole, like, 20 oh, yeah. minutes. I'm going to drink like I've never seen water. And, like, yeah. I'm talking, like, mouth was opening. She was swallowing up. Go, 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 go. And I always, always try to make sure the Chondro has fresh water. And I never see her drink. Never. Ever. Like, like even before I got distracted, before I went on the phone call and stuff, I made sure the Chondro had her water. So, it's like doesn't i don't know i I don't know yeah i know i know um uh, i assume she doesn't she's not dying of dehydration so well yeah i mean i guess they must drink at some point but i just i don't know it just seems like all my other pythons as soon as you put fresh water into a bowl they're over there and drinking you know chondros it's just like no way (laughs) you know what i mean yeah um so uh I think uh, I think something that people well, all right. So that's <laughs> Matt's gonna love this section. Water bowls. Water bowls. <laughs> so my approach is this: I do not like to clean uh, bowls and dishes. So what I do is Me I have crocs and I use a 16th ounce deli cup, uh, and that's what I do. Uh, I fill it up. I think, I think I usually do it maybe twice a week. Uh, with chondros, I usually do three times a week. Um, I change them out uh, for. So I probably shouldn't tell this tip because probably everybody local is going to go and steal them all. But oh at no, tar- the restaurant store. Oh, wait, well, I, actually, I, I for a while I was getting those crock dishes online on Amazon. And yeah. they were like four bucks, but then all of a sudden the, spi- the 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 price spiked up to about I think they're like ten bucks a bowl. That's just crazy, man. I'm not buying ten bucks a bowl. We're talking like you know a five inch crock bowl. So yeah. what? And this is probably the same thing that you have, but what Target has the is they have these. Dish. No, they have these. It's a crock. It's like a crock dish, something that right. like if you were at a restaurant that they might put. Um, like a soup in, but you know, I think what they use it for is if they're prepping ingredients, you know, that kind of thing. So they make them in okay, a bunch yeah. of different sizes, but there's one, it's like four bucks and it fits a 16 ounce bo- uh, deli cup. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So that's, that's what I use. They're white. Uh, you know, you go through, you, you toss out the cup, you know, and, it's just so much easier than having to clean bowls, in my opinion. I uh, I would agree, but I don't mind. I have – my method is I usually go through and I dump all the waters and I scrub them all out with the disinfecting wipes, and uh-huh. then I'll leave them empty. I'll leave them empty inside the snake's cage and let them dry, and then I'll go back and refill the bowls just in one fell swoop with a bunch of, like, water jugs. Uh-huh. And I can usually get done with the room, but a lot of times, though, that's like one day of cleaning. Like, I'll clean the cages, leave the water bowls. The next day, I'll come back and get the water bowls. 
So, you know, gotcha. and then feeding, feeding happens the day after. So those, and then the rest of the week is just, you know, coming in and spot checking, seeing right. who needs to be cleaned, who doesn't, who has flipped their water bowl, who hasn't, all that fun stuff. So. I think that's kind of important. You bring up a good point um, as far as, um, you know, with your snake room, you want to have a schedule. Um, yes. I think that it's important to kind of stick to a schedule. Uh, sometimes it's more difficult, uh, you know, especially with uh, life get life getting in the way. Yeah. But um, yeah. I think, you know, if you pick a day or if you do it over a bunch of a course of a couple days or however you do it, um, you know, just – chiseling out that time you get in there you you do your thing and um you know cleaning snake shit (laughs) that's what Mm -hmm. we love to do right that's Um, what we do i think um well it's also the routine is good for you but it's also good for the animals yeah i mean it's one of those things where once they get into your routine with you it makes life a lot easier. I find some animals even tend to calm down a little bit more. Do you find, and I know this is going to sound probably crazy to some people, but do you find that when you come into the room that the, that, you know, the, the snake knows you're there? Do you find that is at all? Bucket in my, is, is there a bucket in my hand or no? So, <laughs> um, does it, does that make a difference? There are certain ones that I know will pay attention to me no matter where I am or what I'm doing. Right. Um, the roughies are one of them. Uh-huh. Uh, if I walk into the room, their eyes are always on me. Any right. kind of scrub or white lip is monitoring me across the room. Um, there might be a few animals that I know are hungry, and they'll come up to the cage door. Um, for the most part, a lot of them just kind of keep doing what they're doing. Now, I come in with a bucket full of rodent. I've gotten everyone's right. attention. So, right. it's like, all of a sudden – everybody's up by the door. All of a sudden, everybody's moving. Um, it's just the way it is. Uh, that's why right now is the time of year where things get a little loopy because mm-hmm. all you come in and you know that this one snake isn't hungry, but it's a male and mm-hmm. he's whipping around the cage. Now he's whipping around the cage for a reason. So, yeah, I think I, <clears throat> in my experience, um, I think the one species that probably pays more attention than any other is probably retics. I think they tend to be a little bit on the, uh, the, the more intelligent side. Um, but I don't know when I, when I go in the room, um, I think it just seems like they know that I'm there to do something and they're curious. Um, who knows, you know, what that, I, I mean, I know, I I know that the smell of rodents that in particular mm-hmm. gets them going. I mean, as soon as the, as soon as as soon as they have that smell in the room, it's like it's on, you know. Oh yeah. Um, they they know food <laughs> is here. The whole point of this is food is coming. So. Yep. So um when it comes to the next thing that I would that I would say is kind of important is lighting. And the reason that I say that is because I've worked in a room where I've had no actual light. It was just by like lamps and stuff, you know, like that Mm -hmm. hung up. And um, although it was manageable, now I'm in a room where I have actual lights. I use lights that are like 5,000 K like daylight bulbs. Uh, 
what a difference it makes in what your snakes look like, you know? I mean, yeah. kind of when you kind of open up um open up the cage. I think this is especially true with uh Moralia is uh you'll see uh you'll see just colors pop and whatnot on them. Wow, we're getting some really cool uh pictures of some caging and stuff over on the Moralia pick of the week. Wow. Did you see that one that yeah. Kurt Walker put outdoors? Good Lord. That's I know, pretty, right? It, and you know pretty what? sweet. The daylight bulbs, like those are the ones I started using at shows now. And I actually uh-huh. used them to do all the last pictures I just did. I actually took all my show lights and pointed them at the light tent. And it turned out great. It was awesome. So um, oh, yeah, really excited that. So yeah, awesome. I think that's uh, that's that's important important part of the of of a room is the lighting, um, heating as far as heating the ambient temperature. I use a space heater. I try to use. I don't use one with any kind of like digital displays or anything like that. Just your standard, you know, space heater. Um, type of deal um mm-hmm. and i plug it into which i shared this before i'm i'm gonna try to find the exact name of it right now um right you don't happen to have it off the top of your head do i you? do not no it's the spider okay. robotics thing right is that what we're talking about now yep yep and uh if you look at lon's pictures over on that post um on the Morelia Pick of the Week post, he pretty much shows what we're talking about. Um, <clears throat> so, yep. ambient room is uh, filled with a oil-filled radiator. It's controlled by a Honeywell Wi-Fi, uh, and it's attached by a Spider Roco power module. So, basically that power the thing you get from spider robotics plugs into the socket you plug the space heater into that and then you attach the uh honeywell um thermostat to it yeah and the cool thing about that is you control it uh you can control it with wi-fi so basically yeah. you can see what's going on inside your room uh without being there um which is pretty pretty awesome um and the other thing is that it's cool because the there because everything's wired in the plugs wired into the honeywell or uh-huh. the thermostat is that you don't have to have any batteries in the thermostat and that it automatically runs off of that so there's no backups no nothing there so uh it makes everything totally self-sufficient um but you can include a battery backup backup thing in there in case you ever lose power the room still kind of run off of those things. So it, it, it uh, or at least the thermostat still runs. Um, so it's, uh, it's awesome. And then it's like, and I think it's about damn time Spider came out with something like this. It's like, if this came out several years ago, I'd have so many, like I would have just done it automatically. So. Yeah. And we also talk about lighting. There's also, uh, you can go on Amazon. There's, there's a bunch of different units, but basically you replace your light switch, um, with this unit that's just basically like a switch, but you can control it through the Wi-Fi, Um, and you can set it to turn your lights on and off automatically. 
um, you know, on timers and stuff like that, but you can do it all through your phone, um, which is, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. So for some and reason, you can set it up, uh, like yeah. in certain ones you can set up, uh, how the week goes, how the month goes or whatever. So it, it's basically completely computerizing your system. Yeah. Um, and I guess what you could also do is you could set it up to when the sun rises and sets. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you could you could have it going on and off basically to what the outside te- outside light uh, cycle is doing. For some species, light cycles matter. I don't know if it matters with carpets. I don't think it does, but some people think it does. Some people some people swear by that. You know. Um, yeah. I think it, I think it's just a matter of you know it's, uh, multiple things make a difference. Any kind of cycle. Um, and then you do it consistently. And I think that that's sort of a trigger. I think that, you know, well, if you have, if there's five triggers and you hit three of them, you're probably going to be successful. Babies. You know, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about that there are 10 million ways to skin a cat of breeding a snake, food, lighting, uh, males in the area, blah, 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 blah. There's so many ways. So having something that now removes, uh, the human error of one of the ways of doing things makes it a hell of a lot easier. Now, let's say one of my, let's say lighting was very important to breeding. And if, if carpets didn't have 12 hours a day, 12 hours a night, none of them would ever breed. Every single carpet breeder in the world would have timed lights in their snake room. Done. So now we found, now there are certain things out there that will control the temperature of the snake room for me just by me setting it on my phone and clicking it in and clicking it out and it will monitor that stuff. Done. No brainer. Totally going to get that stuff. And it was, was not expensive at all because it was what? $40 for the, um, actual. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I actually, I actually went online and found the same hope, uh, same Honeywell thermostat and mm-hmm. for 50 bucks is you. So, you can find yeah. the things cheap and you can get it all done. So, yeah, the, uh, that's definitely a peace of mind that, uh, is worth having. Um, so I think the other thing that people don't think about, uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to putting a, putting a space heater in your room, um, fans, uh, circulating yeah. the air, getting that air moving around, I guess the best scenario would be to have a ceiling fan. Um, but yeah. if you can't do that, I mean, do you have any particular way that you set up? First of all, do you have fans in your room? I can't remember. I, I think have, you do, right? I have I have the one uh, Honeywell tower fan that is also okay. uh, uh, air scrubber purifier. Okay. Right. So I have that, and that's set to when I come in in the mornings on my way out the door in the mornings. I usually come and do like a quick walkthrough. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And that I usually turn that on because it's on for 12 hours and it'll oscillate and kick the air up and it'll do all that stuff. The only problem I have with it is that if the filters are dirty, it shuts down and you have to go find the filters and the filters themselves are kind of expensive. So, right. You know, it's one of those things where I wish it would just keep going and then I could go get the filters, you know, do you, do you think that an air purifier is important to have in the snake room? I, I don't think it's important. I like it, but, um, you know, I, 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 I think so. Uh, I like it just because it keeps the air a little bit 
it, it cuts back on maybe a smell that could be kind of going in there, but uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. it, 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 I like it. Does it does it help with mold or anything like that? Like if you were to, I get... imagine it does. Um, I didn't spend the ridiculous amount of money for like the four hundred five hundred dollar HEPA filter grade, but mine does have a UV lamp in it that's supposed to kill bacteria and airborne stuff. You know. Okay. So, huh. Yep. That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, I just have uh I have a couple of those like small uh what would you call them? Like personal fans, I guess. Uh mm-hmm. going through the room. Um and I just have it pointed at the uh at the heater so that it's just kind of yeah. moving that air around the room to try to make the room uh, a little more consistent in uh my temperature. Because mine because mine sucks the air in through the back. It's actually mm-hmm. in front of the heater. So what it does is it's sucking in the hot air and actually spraying it around the room, almost like a freaking sprinkler. Uh, that's cool. Do you find that yeah. doing something like that gives you more, uh, you know, stable it, temperatures throughout the room? It has helped me because it. every once in a while I'd sit in here and I would feel a draft coming in from a door or something like that. Whenever uh-huh. the fan's running, you don't feel anything because the air is moving and, Stuff's going in and out and stuff like that. So now do, you, now, do you run that 24 hours a day, or do you turn it off at mm, a certain time? 12 hours. It's dead at nighttime, but oh, it's usually okay. running during the day. So yeah, okay. Um, I know the other thing that uh, you know, uh, I, I I would say that up here on the in the Northeast, um, probably. Uh, uh, probably people have run into this. Not, not. I wouldn't necessarily say with carpets, but probably with the more sensitive species, maybe chondros, uh, ball pythons. You know, ones that are a little more. Um, I'm sure. Uh, maybe you can ca- uh, comment on white lips, but uh, humidity in the room. Um, what happens is you're running that uh, dry air uh, makes the the air very dry, hot, dry, and um, sometimes you'll have uh, species that will, you know, have difficulty shedding. I found that scrubs are kind of like that sometimes. Scrubs are a little more sensitive uh, to that. I I would agree, and I've had that, and I've actually gotten a humidifier, but I've never used it in the sense of if a snake's having a bad time shedding, like plugging it in right out in front of them. I uh-huh. usually just end up like flipping their water bowl in their cage and that cranks the humidity up and then they shed it out and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I've used the humidifier in the past. Um, I just basically got one of those, uh, I think it was like 60 bucks, um, you know, at uh target. Um, it's just a Honeywell, uh, you know, room humidifier type of deal. And it, and it did, it did, actually make the room feel um better um but i don't know if it made a difference or it didn't um you know just just something i would do during the winter i guess not really something that i would run year round if i noticed that uh mm-hmm. snakes are having trouble shedding but unfortunately for me uh carpets really don't have issues shedding knock on wood i have never had a carpet had a bad shed have you uh, if I have, it's usually one of those, like, there was one scale that was caught, and therefore, like, all the scales behind it didn't come off, 
so I have to help them pick that one off, and then everything else peels right off. I've never actually had one right to go and, like, pick off the shed or – I mean, I've had scrubs where I've had to pretty much, like, hold, put them underwater, pull them out of the water, kind of work on the scales a little bit, put them back in the water, pull them – I mean, like, there's been that. There's been white lips where uh, I've had to totally put them in a bin with warm water for, like, two hours, come back later and peel the shed off of them. Uh, I've never had an issue with carpet pythons when it goes to that, no. I've had caps before, but those usually peel right off, too. So, One of the things that I'm thinking about is maybe adding live plants to the room. I don't know if that would make a difference or not, like some spider plants and stuff. I've thought about that just, like, because, like, after I put the room, like, after I'm done with the room, there's going to be some, like, spaces in between my racks uh, or between my cage stacks where, because my water shut out for the house is actually in the snake room. And it's on one wall, and I have to make sure the cages don't block it. So I thought about getting, like, some tree kind of plant deal and shoving it right there and kind of making it a little bit better. But my other fear is that if a snake ever gets out, they're going to be up in there. So Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm really toying with the idea of doing that. I think – I don't know. I think, I think it might be cool. We'll see. Um, yeah. What about – what about as far as any kind of plan for escapes? Do you have anything in place? Anything that you think of? Not yet, but I'm, I have stuff to think of. I have the things that go underneath the doors to stop to cut off the door jams so they can't get out. Um, right. And then my next idea is after I'm done situating the room, I want to cap all the cages. So they won't be able to get behind the cages. They won't be able to get, uh, around to the underneath the cages or to the back of the cages. So if a snake ever gets loose, it's just going to be, you know, loose in the middle of the floor, curled up in a corner. Right. That's the idea right. of what I want. I don't want them to go anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I think with my current room, uh, in the, <laughs> I think I told this story. Didn't I tell the story of when I had the hatchling mm. get out and it was in my bedroom and my, my wife found it. She's like, I, I have the same kind of story <laughs> where a super caramel turned up at in our neighbor's kitchen. Oh, um, yeah. And they brought it over, and I'm like, it's a wild snake. And uh, my mom sent me a picture of it. I'm like, oh, shit. So <laughs> I had to come clean about that one. So. That's pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think if you're keeping venomous, it's probably something that you want to get a little more detailed in, but we're not going to talk about that in this conversation. We're just talking pythons. Yeah. But you you don't want your snakes escaping and ending up in your neighbor's house or some, something like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. that could really cause trouble. Um, so you want to kind of think about, you know, sealing it off, sealing off the, the you know, the doors and, and making sure that, you know, uh, any kind of like, I know in my old, my old place, um, there was like gaps between, uh, you know, where they installed like the molding around the edge of the room. Um, and if you lifted up the rug, there was a gap that you could get underneath and it went down into the garage. Um, small gaps like that, that just, you know, a snake could mm-hmm. easily, easily squeeze through and, uh, you know, cause havoc in your life. <laughs> um, what about, uh, have you thought about, or do you have a generator in case, I especially do. I do. Okay. 
Have you ever had to I use it. it? I have once. I have. Uh, there was a snowstorm, and I had incubator and a bunch of stuff. I remember waking up uh, and losing my mind because this was back when I had the white lips in my bedroom. So I remember waking up, uh, and I'm getting ready to go downstairs and let zero out, and seeing that everything's off and nothing's on, and I'm freaking out, and uh, my girlfriend at the time was wondering why I was running around the house losing my mind. So, um, <laughs> and uh, so I luckily uh, realized that everything was shut down. There was no power. So I wheeled out the generator, and I filled it up with gas, and I ran extent- one big long extension cord to the, to the space heater in the snake room to plug that in. Uh, and also another outlet to plug the incubator in. The white lifts, I figured, were going to be okay where they're at. Um, I just wanted the space heater to run the snake room and the incubator. I fire up the uh, generator. It runs for about 10 minutes, and then the power comes back on. So it was like one of those shit. Um, So I know it works, and I know how to set it up, but I've never needed it for anything super long. Uh, that's why what I have now is actually have a new project that I'm working on right now when it comes to my incubator. Uh, uh-huh. A friend of mine who is in, um, he's in computer techno- technician, he's all that stuff, he used uh-huh. to build servers. And he had a server that was in his house, a dedicated server for all his work stuff and all that other fun stuff that had a battery backup system. And these batteries are about the size of a CP, like a, a tower computer. Like each battery is the size of about a tower. Um, and he just upgraded because now the batteries are getting smaller, more lightweight, blah, 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 blah. So he upgraded, so he gave me his two old battery packs that they need one thing repaired and then they're fully functional again. Uh, so he gave them to me, and I have the incubator. It used to be an old refrigerator, mm-hmm. and I hollowed out the bottom of the fridge where the compressor and everything else was in there. It's completely empty. So I'm actually going to put these server battery packs in the bottom of the incubator refrigerator, and they'll function as an emergency backup battery system that could run the refrigerator for probably about a day because they're supposed to be able to run like a server bank for about three, four hours. So running an incubator uh, should last about a day. So then I have that. So the next time I lose power, I don't really even need to worry too much or jump really crazily to get everything rolling in the right direction because uh, the eggs, any eggs I have will be fine. It's just got to worry about adults and juveniles and stuff like that. So Right. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, that's definitely something I have to pick up because I think now being outside the city, um, that might be something that I'd be, I have more of an issue with than I have in the past. But uh, – Yeah. Uh, it's something that people don't think about. I mean, you have a big collection that's worth a lot of money. Um, man, it would suck. It would suck, suck, suck if something happened. Mm-hmm. You lost power for days. And, you know, I think we've seen it with Sandy. I know people probably in Florida have gone through it. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, really kind of have to plan ahead for that. Um, let's see. The other thing that I had that I had on my list um, is a workspace. What do you do for a workspace? Yeah. Table? What's what's? I want a cart like what Matt has because uh-huh. I love it. But for right now, I usually use like I'll pull out 
I have empty bins and racks every once in a while, and I usually pull them out and use them almost like a tray to work that I got to do, or I'll take the bin over to the sink. Um, so that's pretty much what I do. I would love to have something kind of like what Matt has, because that's what we used to do at the at Penn when I worked there. Right. It was uh, you had to have a big we had these big wheeling metal carts and or plastic carts. And those were our workstations, so I'd like to get back into that stuff. Um, for right now, though, it's just, you know, the floor or wherever I am. So, Well, what I did is, yeah, and so, so I got a, luckily from, from my work, I got a big stainless steel table, but I haven't been able to set it up yet because I haven't made room for it. But uh, eventually mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to have. But for for the meantime, you know, when we were moving, I had this, uh, it's a microwave cart. Um, yeah. And uh, when we moved, we ended up not really using it. So what I did is I just converted it to my snake cart. So it wheels. I took the, the, the I just posted it over in the uh, in the chat. But if you take off that top piece of wood, right, um, you just slide the paper towel rolls right in there. And they fit perfect. So you got the paper mm-hmm. towels. On the side there, you put the, the top back on. That middle tray slides out. And then on the side, they have, like, these hooks for your for your pans and stuff. Um, yeah. And what I put on there is my snake hooks. So and, – and it just rolls around. Um, it was like, you know, one of those carts that Matt works with is, you know, they run up into the $100 range, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. But for right now, I'm using this, and it was, like, 20 bucks. You can buy it. That at, works. You know, yeah. Works really good. You know, I got my cups and stuff underneath. I got my probe, uh, you know, whatever. Got gloves. Got the cleaner on the side. Um, you know, bucket on the bottom that, I, that I'm tossing empty water bowls, you know, like dumping water bowls and stuff into. Um, mm-hmm. What I do is, as you can see in that picture, I have these uh, white buckets. And basically what I do is I just – you know, put two white buckets, one on top of each other. Uh, I take the tub out. I put the snake in the bucket. I uh, clean the tub. You know, put the paper back in. Whoop. I uh, put the snake back in the tub. Done. You know, makes it uh, a real simple process. But, uh, you know, it's better than, like, having to put shit on the floor and <laughs> balance it and hold it and all that. Balance kind of stuff. it and- Drop yeah. it and yeah. do all that fun stuff. So, yep. Yeah, see, he's got one too. There you go, Scott. There you go. Looks like he made his too. So, that's cool. Um, What else? Yeah, so hopefully, uh, I'm excited for, you know, to, to have a stainless steel table and, you know, all that kind of stuff. What about like, um, you know, uh, ultrasounds and stuff like that scales do you have a scale that kind God, of I, scales i usually just have a bathroom scale and then i also have a small gram scale so if you're too big for the gram scale i hold you and you step on the bathroom scale uh as far as ultrasounds i wish i had one i have no idea what i'd use it for but you know, <laughs> that, you know. yeah i think at some point you know that'll be something that i pick up but you know, that will be way down the line. Um, but I think, uh, I think that will make, be an advantage for sure to have, to have that. Um, 
over Matt. Oh, there you go. Um, I mean, especially if you're dealing with something like monitors or anything else like that. So. What you do you know, mean? The ultrasounds are like it's, it's really oh. hard to figure out when they're ovulating, when they have eggs. So having an ultrasound would be great for tortoises, monitors, things like that. Snakes, it's it, it, it's enjoyable, but not that bad. Has Andrew ever thought about picking up uh, that yeah, for monitors? Yeah, he has, but yeah, he has, but he hasn't really gone and done it yet. You know. Okay. Um. I don't know, man. I think I think we've hit on on a lot of stuff as far as your snake room goes, and and the setups and things that you need, and uh, anything you can think of that we forgot. Not really. I mean, it's it's one of those like we we covered the set, the room heat, the cage heat, rack heats. You know, uh, obviously the escape plan. Uh, always have your tools. Always have your tongs. You either hang them up or have them nearby. It's much easier if you have some place where everything is. If everything has a place, you know where everything is going to be. You know where to go get everything. So, organization. Keep your room organized and clean. It'll go so much better. Yes. The only other thing that I would hit on is uh, record keeping. Um, yes. I found that for my, myself personally, uh, I used I was using Reptiscan. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. with, with the move and all, I haven't kicked back into using it again. Eventually I will. Um, but, uh, currently I'm not really doing anything. I know in the past I've used index cards and that kind of stuff, but, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I like the technology part of it. I like the idea of, uh, you know, having it there in your phone. Um, I find that sometimes it's a little cumbersome, uh, you know, to, to do that, to scan it, da, 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 you know, sometimes it might be easier to write it. Um, but, right. um, I think once you get into the groove of things, it's probably, um, it's, it's probably better long-term, um, using rep to scan, but, uh, or whatever program you're using something like that. But I think it makes it easier to look back at what your records are. Um, I do keep a, a little like a uh, little notebook that I take general notes in. Um, other than that, basically everything I do is through rep to scan. Do you use that too? Or do you using index cards? I, what do you do? I use, re- I use rep to scan, but I don't like how long it takes to scan something. So if I'm done cleaning, you know, I'm trying to scan it and then scan it. And I have to go set it through and punch it through. And I tend to work, on the entire collection in one afternoon or one day, a couple hours. Uh-huh. So it's not really like, I, I don't really ever feel like sitting here and scanning every single guy. So the adults and my older ones, I would do the reptile, reptile scan. But for the babies, I usually just end up keeping up on their index cards until they reach a certain age. And then I'll start scanning this stuff over. I mean, cause this way I can always just hand a potential new, an owner of the baby snake, their index card, it has the date uh-huh. and all that fun stuff on it. Um, it's it's having to go through and uh, basically it's almost like thin the herd so it's easier and not as time consuming to scan everybody. I wish almost like I had a price gun like at a uh, supermarket <laughs> and I could yeah. just like walk through and just hit all the babies and be like all these eight done. So yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, I wish they would do something like that. I mean, if they could somehow blend the technology of iHerp and Reptiscan, because you used to remember when you, you uh, used to be able to batch feed like a group. Yeah. You could set up like individual yeah. groups, and you'd be like, I fed this whole rack. Boom, done. It feeds it. Uh, that's what I would like to do. I would like to be like create batch and then scan everybody in the back right. and be like, all these guys ate. And then it right. would just automatically update. That's what I would want. Right. Um, I can't do that. So a lot of times, though, the other thing that I would do is kind of keep track on a book. And then uh, during my lunch break at the office, just jump on and update the records, which, right. you know, it's nice. It works. But, you know, still, yeah. again, time-consuming. I think uh I think you know the the one thing that I will say uh just setting up babies um this is kind of what I do and I kind of I kind of hybrided this from uh hybridized this from Matt and uh, uh a couple other people that I, that I've seen doing it. So basically when they come out of the out of the egg I have uh, a blue if you're a boy and red if you're mm-hmm. a girl and I'll stick that on the tub. And I use those like you know those little circle dot things that like colored sticker dots that are like circles. Mm-hmm. So I throw that on the tub. So at a glance, I'll be able to see which one is a girl, which one is a boy. If it doesn't have a sticker. Uh, then it's kind of like, okay, well then I'm not really sure if that was like one of those uh, tweeners. Um, yeah. What I, what I then do is that if I, I go to start feeding them, if they fed, I put a green dot on the, on the tub. And this is the one thing yeah. that I did take from that. Um, and then each time that it feeds, you just mark a little, you know, like a little line in the, on the dot. So again, at a glance, you can look at your baby rack and say, okay, everybody's feeding. These, these ones are not feeding, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you can make adjustments accordingly. Um, I think uh, I think that uh, I, I just do that with babies. I don't do that with anything else. You know, I don't do that with adults or any kind of stuff like that. I just just strictly on my baby rack. Um, and uh, again, when you're looking at it from across the room, you see all green dots. You know that every everything is feeding. If if you don't mm-hmm. see a green dot, then then you know maybe that particular animal needs a little TLC. But whatever your system is that you come up with. You know, uh, I think, uh, you know, just as long as you're consistent with it, I think, you know, it'll, it'll work for you. Um, so. That's so cool. Good. I mean, you're yeah. right. And, and, and you have, everybody has their own thing. I'm starting to actually designed, uh, my own cage cards cause I want to start making them a little bit more mainstream and. Like, you know, they'll have the Rogue logos on it. They have a spot for the barcode, the reptile scan, and then they also have, like, all the other data that can put in there, just write it up as the baby's, uh, you know, once the baby's born, this way it's all there, and I can present them with potential owners and stuff like that. So right, uh, it's kind of like that. I want to start moving into that kind of stuff. So High end, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're about, I think we're going to cut out in a couple minutes. Uh, we have one, two, four shows left for the year. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then we're done. We're off. Vacation time. 
Um, we won't know what to do with ourselves. Yeah, so uh, I really would like to do a show. I know this is going to probably sound crazy to some people, and I'm, I, I maybe somebody can point me in the direction of a of a guest, but uh, mm-hmm. I want to do a show on people's i somebody's idea of uh, water, and uh, you know making sure you know because some of the water that uh, people are you know, that comes out of your tap. I know in some places that can be uh, pretty bad. So I'm just curious if anybody has done any kind of, I guess, studies or anything or or noticed anything uh, that was detrimental to the snake with, that coincided with water. Um, I think that would be an interesting show. So Mm -hmm. um, that's not till next year. Um, so we're working on that, but, uh, yeah, four more shows Yeah, and then the year's over pretty good. Uh, you got anything else you want to hit on? Nah, I mean, I, uh, just to let everybody know, I was at the, uh, New Jersey reef and reptile show this weekend. Uh, if you haven't been there or you missed this one, this was, it was a pretty cool show. Um, especially if you're somebody who wants to kind of dabble into uh, saltwater or freshwater tanks. It's a lot of really cool shit. I don't have the patience for fresh and saltwater, but uh-huh. it was, uh, but they had some really cool, like there was these the tanks that looked like they were almost all perfect spheres. Um, a lot of live coral, a lot of really cool fish. And of course, a bunch of really cool reptiles. It was a big space, big kind of nice convention hall. So it was, you know, it's very cool. So if you uh, missed this one, I would suggest going to the next one. Did you see Matt there? No, I missed Matt, and I missed oh. everybody. Oh, one okay. I missed on purpose. The other one I missed <laughs> because can you guess which one was which? So um, I know. I said that because he was pestering me this morning. Not Matt, other buddy. But um, other buddy. I, I, I totally – I think I left. Uh, I got there – I went to Oaks early in the morning uh, right. to get my rodents, and Oaks was Oaks. And uh, they'd actually moved the date for Oaks uh, up three weeks. And that because of that move, there were a lot of vendors missing from Oaks. And uh, it was pretty obvious once you walked in the door. <laughs> um so that's when Andrew and I decided to just go and check out the New Jersey show. So we drove the hour to New Jer- to the New Jersey show. We did our laps in there and kind of checked out a few things, ran into a few people, ran into uh, Mike Brogna, um, a few other people. And then we decided to leave, come back up here and pick up our rodents that we had ordered at Oaks. So um, it was a fun-filled reptile day. So but <laughs> I definitely, I definitely enjoyed the New Jersey show. Uh, I think it's got a ton of potential um, to be a pretty nice size show, big conventions hall, big convention center. So it's one of the, one yeah. of the ones I would hope would pick up and take off. So. That's the uh, that's the spot where we do our uh, food show for Shoprite. They had a chocolate thing going on. It was ridiculous. <clears throat> chocolate like a chocolate convention. Oh, I didn't yeah. know they had a chocolate convention. So. Huh. Yep. That's interesting. 
So, okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> as far as next week's guest, uh, not really sure yet at this point, but uh, hopefully we'll, uh, figure it out. we'll figure it out. Uh, next yeah. week we'll be back to Tuesdays uh, and uh, our regular scheduled time. <laughs> uh, so I'll just go down the list and then uh, we'll call it a night. Um, as far as us, MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Questions, comments, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, if you want to give us a shout out, uh, just send it on through there. Um, you want to share something with us, maybe something, a breeding project. Maybe uh, maybe you want to talk about your snake room setup. You want to send some pictures, anything like that. Feel free to send it over there, and uh, maybe we'll talk about it on the show. If you want to listen to the podcast, uh, go to the podcast app, whether it be iTunes uh, or whatever podcast app you use. Uh, just put in Morelia Python's radio. It'll come up. We would ask you to subscribe uh, to the show. That way you don't have to ever worry about if there's, you know, an episode or looking it up or whatever. It'll always just be there in your feed. Um, and we appreciate that. Uh, as far as what else? Um, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, we're also on Twitter. Um we do the NPR chat, which we talked about at the beginning of the show. Uh, if you want to get in there, uh, feel free to uh, send it, send us a message, and we'll add you in. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's uh, Morelli Python Radio. Uh, calendars uh, tomorrow is my first day off in a while, so I will be uh, chatting with Casey, and we'll get those nailed down. And he assures me that uh, relatively quick turnaround time because there's not a whole lot going on, um, and uh, we should have them ready. Probably tomorrow or Wednesday I'll be contacting you guys that won uh, and uh, getting all your info and getting that together. Um, cool. Let's see what else. Um, hopefully over the break I'm going to be working on uh, MoreliaPythonRadio.com, the website. I want to tweak the, uh, you know, just just tweak it up a bit. Um, and, uh, try to, uh, I don't know, try, try to make the morph section and the, and the, and the Moralia section and all that, uh, you know, up to date and everything. And, um, you know, that kind of, you know, just so it's, uh, I guess more streamlined, maybe, I don't know. Um, we're just going to mess around with it now that I got them all under one thing, it makes it much easier. So, uh, same with carpetfest dot, dot net. That's up and running, um, you know, update that and, uh, get it all going. So yeah, we don't have any carpet fest coming up. I guess we're, we're the next one on board, right? Unless Southern uh, carpet fest all of a sudden decides to throw it in, uh, earlier. Yeah, say, right? depend, depends on who wants to chuck in where, cause I mean, right now we're aiming for June. So if Southern carpet fest comes out and says may, then we're not. So for right now, uh, your next stay tuned for more carpet fest news, but right now we only have the next one is June and that is the Northeast. And that is at Eric's house. So, yeah. So for the next um, few years, <laughs> yeah, I'll sign a, I'll sign a five year deal. <laughs> That's it. 
Uh, we no. do, you do two years because I did two years, and then we'll do the back and forth. So right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's good. That'll work. Uh. As far as myself, EB Morelia. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me, Eric at ebmorelia.com. Uh, the shipping window is closing, which is no big deal uh, yeah. for me. Um, if there's something that you're interested in, maybe you want to do a payment plan. I'm open to that kind of stuff. You can pay it through the winter. Uh, we'll ship in the spring. Uh, maybe meet up at a show, that kind of stuff uh, if you're local. Um, so hopefully tomorrow I'm going to get around to taking some pictures. i got a busy, busy day. It's busy snake day tomorrow. So hopefully I can get back in the swing of things, getting some pictures and stuff and and get that train rolling again um, and, uh, you know, get my availability page all back up and running. The reason that if you're looking on my website and the, the availability page, what I used to have was this thing called a store, and um, I didn't like the way it worked, and I didn't like the behind-the-scenes thing because I, I felt like I didn't have control of it. I didn't – I don't like the idea of, I don't know what you feel about this, Owen, but just like somebody going and buying a snake and putting it in a cart and sending me money and not even have, have talked to them about the snake. You know what I mean? I, I don't yeah. know. I just, thank you for me, buying that, the snakes. When do I ship it to you? And then it's like, I, and I don't like that. Cause it's like, I have had several people contact me. Like uh, I put up a bunch of ads on King snake and one of the responses I got is, yo, what pythons you got? And how much shipping to Jersey? And I'm like, um, and I'm like, the only way you could have gotten this email address is if you saw my ads on Kingsnake or you went to my website. To which case, you know what pythons I have for sale. What is the point of this question? So <laughs> it's, it's like having just a shopping cart. But I imagine people who maybe I don't really want to own one of my carpet pythons because yes, I am picky about those things. Uh, yeah, would be able to just go and buy one, and then I'd be obligated to send it to them. Because I've refused, yeah. I've refused sales. I mean, I had that one guy that wanted me to ship out a baby Christmas Eve, and I told him to get bent. So, um, just the way it is. Yeah, I've had the same thing too. But um, so that's anyway. Long story short, that's why you see what you see. How are you doing? Scraping your beard? <laughs> no. <laughs> All I hear is <laughs> um, no, no, it's one of the it's a lizard. It's one oh. of the lizards. I went upstairs. So Oh gotcha. Um so yeah, that's what's going on there. Uh so just be patient and uh bear with me and I'll get that back up to date and uh in a in a better way for, for myself. Um so yeah, I'm on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, E B Morelia. Um basically you can go and check it out. Um also hopefully I can finish up the breeding season page um that I wrote uh for basically I guess my customers, you know, it's just my approach to breeding, uh that kind of deal. So um also on a side note, you know the thing we didn't talk about is a quarantine room. Probably the most Need important it. thing <laughs> for Need a snake it. room. Yeah. Is that you need a quarantine room, even if it's a spare you bedroom do. where you have a rack or whatever. Uh, good I lord, would, you need I would quarantine. Just recommend getting a thirty-two quart rack, and then maybe a cage or two, and that's it. That's yeah. your quarantine. That's it. Yep. So it's uh it's very important. Um, you know, they're they just released a paper, and I have to read it. Rob sent it to me, and it's about IBD. 
right? And mm. uh, um, basically they did uh, – oh, man, I'm going to butcher this, so I don't even know if I should say it. But they did a test where, I don't know, they tested X amount of boas, and a huge percentage of them had IBD even though they weren't showing signs. Oh, my God. Which is pretty uh, scary. Burn, you know what I'm saying? Burn all the boas. No, burn all the boas. <laughs> burn them all. Lump them together in a pit and, oh, yeah. oh get the gasoline. Yeah, I'm going to try. Yeah, I'm going to try to see if we can uh, some somehow manage to swing uh, that gentleman on that wrote the paper onto the show uh, to talk to him and uh, talk about that because that's another that's, important topic, I think. That's going to almost be as bad as the Mike show where everyone was just freaking out and creeping yeah. out the entire Cringing. time and no one was happy. Ah! Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Son of a bitch. Lights are horrible. <laughs> yeah. Why are we talking about this? I feel unclean. But yeah. yeah. We're going to be like, yeah, IBD. Like, we're going to get the IBD show, and I'm going to turn around and see one of my tigers, like, looking up, and then tweak. Lose my mind. So. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is looking. if if you ever saw the movie Ace Ventura where he's in the in the – in the uh, bathtub where he's in the corner and he's like scrubbing his mouth and shit because he just kissed. (laughs) Yeah. That that, exactly. Totally. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. That was us after the Mike show. And then now we're going to do another one IBD. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So horrible. Yep. So that's all I got. What do you got, Owen? That's all I got is the shipping window is closing. So we have ads up on Rogue Reptiles Facebook, roguereptiles.com, and, and kingsnake.com. Go check them out. Drop us a line. If you want an animal, let us know, because I'm going to start sending out shipments in the next week or two, and then I'm going to shut this thing down once we get into December. So there will be no shipments. So if you've been waiting for a price to drop on an animal, maybe you don't want to wait any longer. Uh, and I'm also going to the November 27th White Plains Expo. So if you are going to be in that area and want a snake, let me know. I can bring it there free of charge. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Right now we have tigers, caramels, super caramels, uh, stripes, high contrast Queenslands, and now I'm going to be putting up a pair of scrubs very, very, very soon, like tomorrow. So if you're into scrubs, you might want to PM me before other people get there. So it is a pair of captive born and bred scrubs from zoo stock so do not waste time anyway i know (laughs) somebody wants to offer me roughies for them i will immediately give in so just saying i can dream shut up you (laughs) you know me all too well (laughs) i know all right enough enough you let me live in my dream world that's all we got That's all we're going to do for tonight. So what I will say is we're going to see everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python radio. Good night, everybody.